Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show, brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent from Investors Chronicle, although I'm just about to move to uh, FT Money, and I'm joined by my colleague Richard Anderson. Also from Investors Chronicle, and together we'll be bringing you this week's financial lowdown in downloadable form. So Richard, uh, what do we have in downloadable form for listeners this week? This week we're going to take uh, a little look at government incompetence and regulatory meddling. It's only a sort of 10-minute show. We've got enough time. <laughs> we'll, we'll squeeze in what we can. Coming up, we ask, uh, is there trouble brewing for IFAs, whether equity release is a good idea, and we end with good week, bad week. First of all, though, we're going to take a look at HIPS, one of our favourite subjects, and we have uh, our colleague Charlene Goff from FT Money. Charlene, what's, what's new with HIPS? I understand they're, um, they're expanding it, having said it was just four beds, now they're going for three beds. Yeah, the, the government have taken the decision to expand HIPS much sooner than anyone in the industry really uh, expected. They're going to broaden them out for three bedroom houses now from September the 10th. Um, and this was announced last week. It took lots of people by surprise because I think the feeling is that they haven't really had time yet to evaluate whether it's working for four bedroom houses. So to broaden it out this quickly um, was, was really a bit of another U-turn. So that's just for three beds, but um, I understand they're also pushing it out to one and two beds. Yeah, I think they've said um, they might even do that by the end of this year, which is, again, a lot sooner than people expected. And the main worry there would be that there really aren't enough inspectors. That's been the main problem all along. Um, and that's why HIPs were initially delayed and then only introduced for four-bedroom houses. So where suddenly they're going to get these um, thousands of extra inspectors from by the end of the year is, is a mystery. I've heard that um, there's quite a clever way to get around this. I don't know if it's legal, but apparently if you sort of remove the bed from one of the rooms, stick in a desk and a computer or something, turn it into a study, suddenly uh, you're okay. you don't have to pay for a hip. Is that right? Well, I, I think there's been talk of a lot of people doing that, especially when they've, you know, four-bedroom houses, they can mark it as a three-bedroom house with a studio or a study or something like that. I think that's going to get a bit harder when they introduce them for three-bedroom houses or two-bedroom houses. You can't really have sort of a two-bedroom house with two studies that, you know, might get a pushing the limits a little bit there. But I think estate agents have sort of implied that that might happen, yeah. 
creative estate agents. Who, who would have guessed it? <laughs> so do you, think the, uh, do you think this is going to happen by the end of the year? Who knows with HIPS, really? I mean, we've seen so many changes and U-turns, but the government is coming under a lot of pressure from people, the, the companies that have set up to provide the HIPS. You know, we've seen some of those go bankrupt. They've all committed to their employees, brought employees on board, and they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on the government to get this rolled out. So it will be whether they succumb to that pressure or not. As we said, the expansion is already sort of gathering pace quicker than expected. So it's anyone's guess, really. So everyone wants HIPS apart from homeowners? Well, homeowners uh, have definitely been anti-HIPS. There's also quite a lot of opposition still from um, organisations like the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors and some estate agents just because it creates more work, really, for them. But I think, you know, the people who provide the packs, obviously, are keen for them to go ahead as soon as possible. So one prediction then, we'll be doing another item about HIPS in at least a few months' time. I would expect that would be the case, yes. (laughs) Charlene, thanks very much. You're listening to the FT Money Show with Matthew Vincent and Richard Anderson. And remember, you can get all the latest money news, especially all the latest money news on HIPS, at ft.com forward slash money. Um, So, Richard, what have we got still to come in the programme? We've got equity release and good week, bad week. But first, we're going to take a look at the regulation of independent financial advisors. Basically, the government, uh, only just a few years ago, introduced something called depolarisation which basically meant that all IFAs either had to be tied to product providers or they had to be fully independent. It now seems that uh, the government's changed its mind. It wants to basically insist that all IFAs are categorised in terms of the qualifications that they have. Obviously bad news for a lot of IFAs out there. But this also means that smaller IFAs are going to be in a little bit of trouble. There's a lot more admin, a lot more bureaucracy, and obviously they're going to have to do some dreaded exams. John McLeod spoke with Justin Modre at Advisor Best Invest to find out more. So, Justin, why has the Financial Services Authority started to conduct this retail distribution review? Well, there have long been concerns in the UK that financial advice um, isn't particularly high quality. So what the FSA is doing is looking at the way that advice is given, the incentives advisors receive and the qualifications they have to really try and work out what's going wrong and how they can improve matters in future. And so what have been problems in the past that have caused mis-selling? Um, Well, I think there have been two key problems. Um, The first one is the fact that a lot of advisors work on what's called commission, and basically products that pay the highest commission tend to get sold the most and are not necessarily the best for the client. So because of that, there's been a lot of so-called mis-selling. Advisors basically trying to line their own pockets with big commissions rather than really giving the best advice. Coupled with that, a lot of advisors have fairly low levels of qualifications. They're well below um, the standings we see in other professions, such as, say, accountancy and law. Um, And as a result of that, again, a lot of advisors, even if they are honest, aren't necessarily best placed to give high-quality good advice. And so the focus of the retail distribution review is, as I understand it, on improving qualifications? It is. That's really the key message that the FSA's put out so far. Basically, they've come to three conclusions. One is that those advisors with very low basic qualifications, the minimum you have to have at the moment to be called an advisor, are going to give what's called primary advice, so it would be very low-quality basic advice. In the middle, they then have general advice, which are really um, on par with most advisors at the moment. So they've got a couple of qualifications in excess of the minimum, but still really well short of other professions. They're going to give general advice. And then the high end, um, the very few advisors at the moment who have qualifications that really are similar to, say, solicitors and accountants, are going to be called professional advisors. Do you think this will deal with the commission problem that's, that's caused selling? It's debatable. I mean, certainly at the professional end, the advisor is going to have to work on what's called a fee basis. They have to charge fees, and that should hopefully ensure independence. At the general level, advisors can work on either fees or commissions. 
Now, if they work on a commission, they're going to have to keep some money back to maybe cover future mis-selling claims. There is an incentive there, one, for them not to mis-sell, but two, for them to work on a fee basis. And at the bottom primary end, it will be commission-driven. The message for listeners is perhaps that if you want proper independent advice, in the future it's going to be a professional advisor. That's right. And it's not to say that general or primary will be bad advice, but certainly the key message is consumers will be able to go along and see exactly what they're getting for how much they're paying and really make an informed judgment themselves on, on how much they want to pay for advice and is that advice going to be worthwhile. Justin, thanks very much. That was Justin Modray at Best Invest. Still to come in the FT Money Show, good week, bad week. But before that, we look at equity release. Now, some would argue that releasing equity from your home is never a good idea, but with the global credit crunch and uncertainty surrounding interest rates and house prices, there are plenty of reasons to be even more wary. John McLeod spoke to Rob Winfield from independent mortgage broker Chartwell Funding to find out more. So, Rob... Some investors may not realise that there are still ways of passing on the value of your property to, to escape inheritance tax using equity release and in, potentially interest-only mortgages. Yes, that's right. Interest-only mortgages are becoming more popular than, than, than lifetime mortgages at the moment because the, uh, the criteria is more flexible. But a lot of clients are using it to mitigate their IHT because they obviously retain ownership of the asset. With interest-only mortgages, that's using a trust arrangement. That's correct, yes. The um, money is lent to them secured against their current main residence and then they uh, obviously put the money into an investment bond which is then put in trust outside the estate and used to obviously mitigate IHT. With 5% of the, the bond is returned to the borrowers each year as a return of capital uh, and they use that to service the interest on the interest-only mortgage. And you favour interest-only over the traditional lifetime mortgage used with equity release. Could you explain why that is, please? Yeah, because the, the criteria tends to be a lot more flexible. Some of the lifetime mortgage providers cap the amount they will lend at, say, £250,000. And obviously, a lot of our clients have houses which are worth um, £750,000. So obviously, only borrowing £250,000 doesn't really uh, mitigate that much IHT. And also, the interest rates and setup fees tends to be a lot better, more competitive, rather, on the interest-only loans as opposed to uh, lifetime mortgage schemes. And I believe you also, you're not affected by the caps based on age, which you would be with a lifetime mortgage? That's right, because with a traditional equity release mortgage, the amount that the client can borrow is based solely on their age. Starting at, say, age 60, we have only a couple of providers with more people coming into the arena when client hits age 65 stroke 70. Um, with, obviously, an, an interest-only mortgage, there's no shackles on age. And going back to the age for equity release, uh, we tend to only be able to get 25% of a house's value for someone who's 65 years of age, which obviously isn't very much, and only 50% when a client's in their 80s. So they seem to be a bit uh, inflexible for our use at the moment. Now, some people might be worried. There's been a lot of talk of a kind of global credit crunch, and people might be concerned about interest rates going up and, and this sort of thing. So could that affect people who use equity release, or, or would they be safe? Now, the equity release themselves or lifetime mortgages are absolutely safe because uh, we only recommend products that come under the SHIP umbrella, which basically has a no negative equity guarantee. So even if interest rates went through the roof and the amount that the client's loan was growing by each year rose considerably, even when the client sold the house at the end of the mortgage term, uh, the estate would never be liable for any loan in excess of the, of the property value. So uh, there's no real risk there for the client. And equally on the interest-only mortgages as well, we always tend to use a fixed rate of, say, seven years plus, just to protect the client against any eventualities of interest rates rising in the short term. 
so as long as emergency revenue and customs don't attack these kind of schemes, then people should be quite safe to do it. Oh, know. absolutely. I mean, they're very good tools to try and mitigate the IHT. And at, at present, there's nothing in place to alter the way the setup is at, at the moment. The only thing that may happen is um, a lot of lenders are looking at pricing of some of their more quirky schemes, such as subprime and buy-to-lets, and they're becoming more expensive. So we may see equity release mortgages become more expensive on the interest rate. But apart from that, they're a very good, safe way of mitigating IHT. Rob, thank you very much for your help with that. That was John McLeod talking to Rob Winfield from Chartwell Funding. And finally today, it's time for good news, bad news again. Last week, Richard, we didn't have any good news. Have we got any this week? Would you believe it? We don't. Um, What's the bad news? Bad then? news again. Basically, it's, it's banks. We always like to have a go at banks, and, uh, and here's another opportunity to do it. Uh, Nothing really new in this story. It's just the extent to which banks have been doing this. Interest rates have been going up, as we all know. They take a little time before they actually pass these on to customers, but generally they do it. But there's always caveats, it would appear. Moneyfax have just done some research, and an unbelievable 75% of banks, basically, even though their headline rate is as it should be, either the base rate or higher, there are a number of, as I say, caveats. You either have to be an existing customer or, in some cases, not an existing customer. You have to be of a certain age. You have to have banked with them for a certain period of time. Or it's just an introductory offer, and after a couple of months, it's gone. This is just their way of making a little bit more money by not having to pay people higher interest rates, basically, isn't it? It is, exactly. But most people will see the headline rate. They'll say, fantastic, and they'll go, they'll go diving in, as, as most of us would. But it's really important that you do check the small print because... As Moneyfax have found out, the, the vast majority of banks actually don't pay that rate for, for very long. Do Moneyfax look at some of the better-paying companies, or do they, do they just name the, the bad guys? No, they've, they've looked at uh, some of the better rates. I mean, you can get um, a pretty good 7.5% from Britannia Building Society, but actually they're, they're one of the better ones in terms of, of putting restrictions on it. The restriction on that is that... Um, if you make a withdrawal, you have to give them 90 days notice, which for a current account obviously is, is useless. Yeah, but then for 7.5%, not, not so bad. Exactly, yeah. Rate. I mean, it's a great rate. I can read some of the conditions from Ipswich Building Society, which also pays a very, a very healthy rate of 6.75%. But uh, it says access on closure only after six months on 120-day loss of interest unless application made for an in-house mortgage when withdrawals are permitted for house purchase-related fees. So uh, it's... Well, that sounds ridiculous, and there must probably be only two people in Ipswich who qualify. Exactly. Yeah, it's baffling. But, um, I mean, it's just an indication of, of how difficult it is to actually get the headline rate that they, they say they're offering. Well, that, yeah, that does sound like uh, more bad news and more effort on the part of savers to, to find a decent account. So, by my reckoning, that's... Good news, nil. Bad news, too. I will try and dig up some good news next week, but um, it might be difficult. And that's it for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can email us your views and your questions. In fact, if you're from Ipswich and you qualify for that account, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, send your emails to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from the FT Money Show team and our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Goodbye from the FT Money Show team and our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.